With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. this list in the comments so that you guys will know uh, who it is that we are going to be talking about here today. Uh, so that is there. Whoop, that did not show up as I was hoping it would, but you guys get the point. Uh, again, thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, the Lakers are, are, are preparing for and the, uh, the league at large is preparing for free agency, which kicks off here in about a few hours or so. By the time uh, you will, as you guys are listening right now, live, or whenever it is that you guys listen to this, I'm going to take this audio and put it up on the uh, pod feed as well, which uh, you can subscribe to the uh, Lakers Lounge everywhere that you find your podcasts. Um, all right, let's go ahead and, and um, jump right in. Look at look at this. This is always so wild to me that people from around the world tune into my dumbass talking about sports. Uh, but Antonio Pedro Peru- Perucho? Uh, I'm from Lisbon, Portugal, Portugal. I like it. All right. So, uh, the first name that is, uh, well, no, you know what? I'm going to start from, uh, the top with why it is that we're talking about free agents at all, right? Uh, the Lakers had a path where if they brought back Malik Beasley, if they brought back, um, Mo Bamba, they would have them as trade chips and they would be able to kind of they they would they'd have options on on the trade market, but would not be players really in the free agent market. Uh, they would therefore be, you know, I guess it'd be kind of they would kind of figure into the free agent market, but the, all they would have had is their um, taxpayer mid level exception, um, and then a bunch of minimums to be able to offer. Which like the minimum uh, minimum contract market is always an interesting one. There, uh, the Lakers have done fairly well with minimum contracts over the years, right? We've seen uh, Malik Monk get a minimum contract that he outperformed to the extent of signing with Sacramento for $10 million. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to see what that might potentially look like um, this time around. Uh, and, and, um, you know, I, I, I do have some names here that, uh, I, I do think are worth paying attention to in that veteran minimum contract range. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead. And, um, the, the, the Beasley and Bomba thing I wasn't really for, I wasn't really thrilled with the, the direction that the Lakers could potentially go in there. I thought that if they were going to, um, bring those guys back, they would keep their, um, total salary number at a high, at, at a height. That was below the, the the second apron. I never thought that they were going to go over the second apron, um, but they would, you know, get right up close to it, and and give themselves a little bit more margin for error here. Now they opted not to do that, 
which means that now you like in order to make this worth it, you have to get a Bruce Brown. You have to get a Brooke Lopez. You have to get a Dante DiVincenzo. And so far, I don't think the Lakers are really in the driver's seat for any any of those three guys. And, you know, then you have to start to get a little bit more uh, creative where you're splitting up the uh, non-taxpayer mid-level, which, you know, you can do. It's $12.4 bucks. You can split that up and give two players $6.2 million and and walk away with multiple players that are better than veteran minimum type players. But even there... Um, there's a bit of a gap that that you're kind of running into uh, with you know tiers of players that you have access to at various levels of of spending power and yeah the the the, the Bruce Browns the Dante Vin- DiVincenzos the Brook Lopez's of the world those guy those guys would step in and immediately impact the Lakers' chances of winning a championship. How much? Per, you know, purely debatable, completely debatable. But but they would. Eric Gordon. Yuta Watanabe, like those guys, you know, um, Seth Curry, those guys uh, would help, certainly, but I don't think they, like, you know, really impact the Lakers' chances of winning a championship. So um, let's start with, um, let's, let's start with Bruce Brown. Like that? Huh? Swish. All right, so Bruce Brown... The Lakers, the reason the Lakers moved Malik Beasley and Mo Bamba, I'm told, is because they thought they had a very good chance at bringing in Bruce Brown. There is still some confidence there, but from where I'm standing, it's waned a little bit because of everything Indiana is doing and the potential offer sheet that they're potentially putting together for Bruce Brown. Uh, Jake Fisher just reported uh, for Yahoo Sports that uh, that offer sheet could be upwards of 20 million that has been making its way through league conversations now for the last i would say 12 hours 12 to 16 hours or so that started gaining some steam and if bruce brown gets that kind of a payday and the lakers are offering just a little more than half of that it's not looking good i don't think they wind up walking away with bruce brown in that scenario which means all right well what are the chances that other guys, we'll talk about that later. But um, what it does mean, and and you know, this is where I was nervous going into this uh, approach, was that means you just let Malik Beasley and Mo Bamba walk and got rid of two very important trade pieces. Um, we know that teams throughout the league are trying to cut salary for next year. Uh, maybe you know for 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 this season certainly, but but definitely for next year when the penalties for being above the second apron really jump, um, teams are really you know moving money to be able to avoid that, and that's where twenty six million dollars of expiring contracts really would have helped. You probably could have gotten something for that, and the amount of uh, second round picks that the, the Lakers have, the number of players on rookie contracts that the Lakers have. And um, the, the, the biggest trade chip of all that they have, the 2029 um, first-round pick that would convey after LeBron, after AD, and, and you know, at, at a time where the Lakers would, you know, could have a lot of questions facing them. So that's something that, like, if the Lakers move that, they're getting an all-star, period. That, that, is, um, that is what, I, you know, they, they are not considering moving that for anything other than a player who definitely changes the the outlook of uh title chances here but 
because they no longer have Malik Beasley and Mo Bamba on their books, if you are moving that pick and if you are bringing that player, you're also likely moving a rotation player's salary to do so, right? Um, now, look, they could bring back Malik Beasley at a number that and and, and at an expiring number, and um, he c- could technically be obviously included in in a trade at that point. But uh, you know, if not, then you're looking at moving probably D'Angelo Russell, who is either the starting point guard or the sixth man heading into next year, and. You know, that was always a difficulty back when they were trying to move Taylor Horton Tucker or Contavious Caldwell Pope or whatever, was that like they they didn't have they didn't have extra salary to be able to just add to their team. They would be removing a part of the rotation to hopefully, you know, improve uh collectively, but you would be taking a potential step back for a potential leap forward. And in this case, um, now that they don't have those contracts, that is off of the table. That is that is something that you know they can't just <laughs> whoopsies. <laughs> Mo, come back. If they do bring Mo Bamba back, it would be at a at a number, you know, maybe the biannual exception. I've heard some interest there. Um, maybe at the veterans minimum. Um, I think his market will be a little bit higher than that. Uh, but they don't have bird rights on him. So if they, it, you know, they don't have as much freedom to bring him back as, say, Malik Beasley, who they did retain um uh, bird rights with and can sign over the cap for and, and all of that good stuff. So, um, yeah, that's that's the situ- situation there with uh, Bruce Brown. See, this is where lowdowns usually sound a lot cleaner because it's not live and I can cough <laughs> off to the side, but I'm 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 holding all of them in. Um, all right, so let's go. Uh, let's let's last little thing here on Bruce Brown. If the Lakers do bring him in. That, I think, is the biggest step forward that they could take this offseason, now given the plan that they're on, right? Um, He makes the Nuggets worse. He makes the Lakers better. He becomes their starting shooting guard. He becomes their closing shooting guard and fits absolutely perfectly with Austin Reeves, who um, I'm told and have been told all along. He is definitely back. There is, and and one thing I've been wondering over the course of the offseason is if he would bet on himself in, in any way. Um, I think Jake Fisher just reported he could be taking a three plus one deal where he hits free agency a year early, but does solidify some structure and some guaranteed money in the meantime. Regardless, it's probably going to be a four year deal with potentially an option for like 55, 56 million. Um, he's the starting guard, whether it's shooting guard or point guard is it remains to be seen. And, and Brown fits perfectly with him. So if they are able to walk away with Brown, that would I, I I'd be over the moon. I wouldn't be able I they, I would have some issues with with um you know the risk involved here. But if the risk pays off, then cool, it was worth the gamble. If not, you know, <laughs> less cool. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Next guys on the list here are Dante DiVincenzo and Brooke Lopez. This is going to be a shorter one because there just isn't very much interest there. Um, at least from, from Dante DiVincenzo, all reports right now are pointing towards him going to New York um, to, I, I think, uh, reunite with fellow Villanova guards Josh Hart and Jalen Brunson. And they would have the shortest, toughest uh, guard rotation in the league if that, uh, if that does play out that way. Uh, and then Brooke Lopez, I think the Lakers are priced out for. He's, um, I think Jake Fisher just reported that he is going to get an offer in the range of like 20 mil a year, which sounds about right for a defensive player of the year runner up. Uh, he's probably going to get that from Houston. If he doesn't, you know, maybe the Lakers factor into this a little bit more. Um, I, I have been dubious of his interest in coming back to the Lakers. I know that that, uh, did not go very smoothly, whether that was uh, the the role that he had before while while he was a Laker or the exit afterward, right, where he wound up signing a three-and-change million-dollar deal uh, to lead the Lakers that the Lakers could have easily given him. So some weird stuff kind of going on uh, at the end of his tenure there with the Lakers. But look, eventually, maybe you move on. Luke Walton is no longer the coach. Maybe the Lakers find video of Magic Johnson berating Luke Walton and play that in like the, <laughs> the free agency meeting. Uh, but, but um, that notwithstanding, I do think they're probably priced out on, on Brooke Lopez, which again um, really makes it that much more important that, that Bruce Brown happens. Um, I do think, like I said, because of the impact it would make on Denver, Bruce Brown should be the top target. But I also understand people who really want Brooke Lopez more because they can um, they can pair Lopez with Davis and really buy into being bigger, stronger, faster. And uh, I like the matchup, not not much. You know, I'd still be a little nervous about it because Jokic is such an insanely great player right now. But uh, Lopez is harder to move, <coughs> stretches the floor. And and really gives the Lakers um, some offensive punch also by spread you know by spreading the floor that they didn't have from any of their backup uh, centers last year or centers period right because AD doesn't really space the space the floor either. <clears throat> oh, I hope I wasn't muted the whole time. Anyway, um, the next one here is uh, Eric Gordon where. Um, this one is tricky. 
the market right now is indicating that he might get upwards of the full non-taxpayer mid-level exception. He was slated to make $21 million this year. The Clippers uh, did not pick up that option, made him a free agent. And um, I thought that any talk of him being available at the minimum was a little premature because he has a lot of money to recoup there. That said, him at the full non-taxpayer mid-level makes me nauseous. I, that, that would really, um, that, that is not a good use of that amount of money. He is really slowed down. He's, I think, 34 years old. Um, he is not the defender that he once was. He can still shoot it. He always will, will be able to shoot it. But if that shot isn't there and if he continues to slide defensively, that would be a pretty big miss at that number. And um, given how few options the Lakers have to add to their roster, that is not something that that they can miss on, right? They can't miss on this non-taxpayer mid-level exception. And and I think Eric Gordon comes with the highest likelihood of missing if you use it for, for that. Um, the other scenario that uh, Dave McMenamin threw out there was splitting it between him and Dennis Schroeder, which, again, you just hard-capped hard yourself to bring back Dennis Schroeder, and to add Eric Gordon. <laughs> no, thanks. I, I I will also say, though, like the player, um, there is some upside. You know, he's he's not terrible. I don't I, like I said, I didn't think he was a veteran minimum player, but I also don't think he's anywhere close to the twelve point four million that that some teams are apparently ready to, to give him. Speaking of Schroeder, the Lakers have indicated all offseason that they want him back um, in some way, shape, or form, whether it's uh, giving him the minimum rate, uh, raise that he can get, uh, whether it's the biannual exception, whether it's some of the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, or back when they were heading towards needing to, to use it, the, the mini mid-level was something that they had potentially slated for him. But in some way, shape, or form, um, I'm... I'm pretty confident that the Lakers are, are really going to try to bring him back. Now, Jake, Jake Fisher did say that there could be some interest from Chicago in uh, Dennis Schroeder uh, with former coach Billy Donovan out there. Um, but uh, I, I, I do think that the Lakers are probably in, in the driver's seat to retain his services. It's just a matter of what they use to, to bring him in. Ideally, you basically make like a wink-wink deal with him. And you give him uh, the, the the raise that you can, give him the minimum, uh, you know, uh, the, the veterans minimum this year, and give him that slight raise, and then you basically promise him, you know, handshake deal. At the end of this, we will take care of you next year and give you about twelve million dollars next year. Um, outside of that, though, you know, if you're talking about using an exception, uh, if you don't get Bruce Brown, I think you really have to utilize those exceptions on needs. And I just don't think they have a real need, a desperate need at backup guard. Um, you know, not not in ways that can't be filled by other guys who I'm going to talk about here in, in a bit on the veteran minimum uh, market. So, yeah. I The other thing, too, and it's something I'm always going to be dubious about with Dennis Schroeder is I just don't trust Darvin Ham not to give him an outside role. Uh, outsized role. He, um, I, I don't want to watch the Lakers play three tiny little guards again next year. That is not something I have any real interest in doing. And um, if you have Schroeder there, there's a really good chance that Darvin 
finagles the uh, the 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 minutes up there by playing smaller to get Dennis Schroeder minutes, and that is not a a an outcome that I would like to see here. Um, though I guess if you are using one of your exceptions, then you have to make it worth it, you know, worthwhile doing so. So you know, if if that's something that you're worried about, I definitely think Darvin Ham would get his money's worth. It would be kind of like Stephen A. at at ESPN, where he got that you know a crazy raise recently, um, and then was on like every single show, which meant that he was making like you know uh, the the not not nearly as much per hour as as um, you know was was initially indicated. By the way, um, to everybody at, at ESPN who is getting laid off. Um, I'm sorry, man. This sucks. This this whole market, this industry is just brutal. So so prayers out to, to all of those people. All right. The next name on here, another potential future former Laker, is <laughs> this is funny. I didn't even know <laughs> Eric Gordon was in the league till a few months ago. Yeah, I he's really kind of fallen off. But anyway, um the next name on here is Lonnie Walker. And uh, this is an interesting one because, as Aaron explained in yesterday's lounge, and the plan at some point today is for he and me to go live on here again. So make sure you're subscribed um, to be notified as soon as we do go live that uh, we are doing so. But, uh, yeah, Lonnie Walker last year signed a mini mid-level exception that at that point was actually higher than this current mini mid-level it dropped from, I think he made seven and change or something like that, six and change or seven and change last year. Um, he, uh, you know, would actually get paid better if the Lakers bring him back at the the minimum raise that they could give him, going from seven ish to seven point eight million dollars that they could offer him this year, and um, that gives the Lakers some options here. And that's why, you know, if I had to choose between. Schroeder and Lonnie I think I'd rather have Lonnie um because of his he's a little younger bigger more athletic and he can shoot and I trust Darvin Ham to utilize in in the proper role I understand I'm probably in the minority I was talking with Pete last night we were (laughs) texting until like two in the morning um about all this stuff and he is very much team Schroeder I get it he played really well for the Lakers last year he was their fifth best player um in that series and the player, the, 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 the only player that they really trusted uh, to run back in their, you know, most important groups. That said, I just think there's more upside with Lonnie and um, I, I trust him to fit into the concept of what the Lakers need a little bit better than Schroeder. But um, if they do bring back Lonnie, they would have to be really creative with what they do with, D'Angelo Russell, who I'm told is going to be back. Um, Jake Fisher is uh, saying, and I, it echoing the numbers that I've been talking about this whole time, right? A two-year, $40 million deal with the second year being either a team option or not guaranteed. Um, if that's the case, then you really got to be super careful with what you give Rui Hachimura because if those numbers get too high, you cannot bring Lonnie Walker back at the at the seven. $8 million that you would hopefully be able to give him. So then you're hoping that he takes the biannual and normally players don't take pay cuts to, especially young players. They don't take pay cuts to go back to a team where by the way, he probably wouldn't even start. So um, 
the Lakers have kind of an advantage here, but I don't know if they're be able they're going to be able to utilize that advantage with what they can uh, offer him because they're going to be hard capped if they use the non-taxpayer or the biannual. I guess I could talk about that in a little bit, you know, ways that they can avoid being hard capped and, and give themselves a little bit more flexibility depending on how the free agent market goes. But, you know, we'll get to that if we get to that. That said, if that is if that is it for Lonnie, I really enjoyed watching him play. Friend of the show, Lonnie Walker. If you haven't checked that out, it is here on the YouTube page. Um, fairly high up, I believe, that, that you can find Lonnie Walker in my conversation, in which he and I agree that wrapping gifts sucks. All right, the uh, next name on here is, uh, as I said on Twitter, where you can follow me, you know, right, right, oop, right there, at Anthony Irwin LA on Twitter. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm going to be careful here, but Cam Reddish to the Lakers is uh, a really poorly kept secret in the league. <laughs> now, this is where it's kind of difficult to nail down because it's a poorly kept secret in part because of like uh, observational evidence, right? There's the clutch aspect of it. Rob Palenka loves buying low on guys and trying to build them back up. The Lakers have had success buying low on guys and building them back up. So, you know, clutch might want him with the Lakers. Um, they also might him. They also want, they also might want, uh, I am not drinking. This is water. Um, but they uh, might want him clutch might with LeBron specifically to kind of learn to be a pro and get his, you know, career, which he was like the number 10 or seven pick overall. And he's just kind of toiled in mediocrity his entire career. There's some like motor questions there. There's some work ethic questions there, um, which is why he's available for potentially the veteran minimum. But uh, reddish to the Lakers on the veterans minimum is, is something that most people around the league that I've spoken to have said, yeah, yeah, that meant that makes sense. That's probably happening. So um, I do, I do like the fit. He's a wing he played a lot better in Portland at the tail end of last year. Um, now, I don't know if that was contextual because Portland was such a sad situation that like anybody who looked decent looked, you know, extra good there. But uh, I do think he is worth investing in. He's at that stage of his career where guys either get it or they don't. And um, Phil Handy and the Lakers player development uh, department have had a lot of success with a lot of guys. And if, um, if, Cam does wind up being a Laker. I have quite a bit of confidence in, in, you know, if he's going to make it work anywhere, I think the Lakers is, is about the best situation he could land on. So that is, um, that is something that I, I think is probably happening and, uh, something that I would, I would welcome. That's a really good, um, you know, low risk, high reward type play that could really pay dividends. If you find, you know, a, a, a legit wing, um, at that number. Now, if you find a legit wing at that number, he's probably not going to be at that number next year, but that's something that you hope to have happen, right? I, I was really hoping in the CBA that players that got picked up on, on veteran minimum contracts would immediately get like either early or actual bird rights. Um, but that didn't come to fruition because the players union was more focused on gambling and other non basketball things. Anyway,
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I see here in the chat uh, that y'all are interested in Yuta. Yuta. Um, I am also interested in Yuta Watanabe. Uh, you know, he played with the Brooklyn Nets last year. I believe he was drafted originally by Toronto. He is a. He really improved as a shooter in Brooklyn. He's wing sized, um, brings a lot to the table, like a, a really gritty player, really willing to mix it up and, and compete defensively. Um, I have heard that if, if he is available, it would be closer to the biannual or one of the exceptions are, you know, basically that like some team would sign him with their cap space and go barely above the veterans minimum. Um, and, and that like at that point, the Lakers would be kind of priced out because I don't know if he's so valuable to me that I would bring him in at the biannual, but um, if he is available at the minimum, which, uh, you know, some people out there are kind of linking him to the Lakers potentially at the minimum, that would be a great sign. I, I would, I would really like it. Um, I, I think with what the Lakers are looking at next year, like, you know, they really like the, their, uh, hard nosed point guards, right. And I'm going to talk about a couple here in a bit. Um, but if you're looking at hard-nosed point guards who don't really shoot very well, then it makes it that much more important that you have shooting on the wing, and Yuta is one of the better shooters on the market, and especially at the uh, minimum. So, yeah, I don't I don't know that I would put the Lakers in, in the driver's seat for him, but the Lakers are linked to him to this point. I know the Lakers really like him, um, and, and uh, yeah, I, th- this, come back to Yuta. Keep an eye on Yuta is, is how I would kind of phrase it. I think there's a, a real shot here that they're able to to get him. Um if if some other team doesn't give them a you know, give him a cap space deal that the Lakers can't afford. Next one here is uh an interesting one. Uh I heard this one last night, uh basically as I was going to bed. Um and it made me think for a second. I I believe I had this on my bingo card. I don't know, but um, Kevin Love of uh, you know obviously went to school at UCLA, went uh, you know won a championship with the Cavs, then um, you know kind of toiled in 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 kind of a sub uh, a suboptimal situation there as Cleveland went full rebuild and he was kind of in that weird spot where he's still a useful player, but he doesn't really fit their timeline, lost his, his role to a certain extent and, um, you know, gets bought out 
and then plays really well for Miami on their path to getting to the championship uh, series in ways that nobody saw coming. So, um, and he was a big part of, of like an adjustment that they made. I forget which series it was that he really stepped forward, but uh, yeah, he, I, I like it. He could play with AD. Um, if you don't care about defense, he could maybe be your center in some lineups. Um, but he would help with rebounding, something that the Lakers uh, could really use some some help with. Obviously limited defensively, doesn't really move his feet very well. Um, is a smart player, really good passer. The Lakers haven't had like a a passer out of the high post very much, uh, you know, since Mark Gasol, and that is a part of the offense that I really kind of miss. So he could add that. Um, he does have quite a bit of interest at the minimum. Um, I was told that Phoenix and the Lakers are are kind of his preferred destinations, but we'll kind of see what that actually looks like. Um, you know, if, if some team does give them, give, give him an exception, I, you know, he's made plenty of money in his career, so maybe he doesn't value it as much, but it's also potentially like one of the last chances that he'll have at not being paid at a veteran minimum contract so if somebody does give him that kind of contract, you know, that isn't one of, one of those vetmen's, then I could see him kind of prioritizing that as well. But as of right now, his market looks like in the vetmen range, and you could do way worse than than uh, Kevin Love at, uh, you know, whatever it would be, three million bucks or something like that. All right, last couple of names here. Javon Carter and Shake Milton are... Interesting um, on a variety of levels because, again, I don't know that I'm really on board with using the biannual or any of the non-taxpayer money on uh, Dennis Schroeder. But, uh, you know, I, I just don't think it's worthwhile to use such an important resource on a player who can't shoot. Now, if it's Javon Carter, if it's Shake Milton, and those guys have their own questions shooting, but they're they're at a veteran minimum contract, perfect, absolutely perfect. Uh, so that is uh, the these two guys. Uh, there there is interest there. Jake Fisher reported interest um, from the Lakers in both of those guys. Uh, of of again Yahoo Sports friend of the show, Jake Fisher that is, um, and and uh, yeah that that was another name that came up last night in some of my conversations was like. Yeah, if they don't get Schroeder, if they decide not to use the exception on Schroeder, um, look for them to go and and try and get one of those guys. Uh, I know they really, really like Javon Carter. I also do as well. Uh, professional, really gritty defender. The Lakers are going to need some help at the point of attack, and, and he would really solve that problem. Again, not the best shooter, you know, uh, on volume, I don't believe. But um, if it's a similar-ish player to Schroeder and you keep your exception money uh dry then i think that's the path i would i would rather go down because again i don't think darvin ham is going to overplay javon carter or shake milton Whew. all right uh i guess i'll just spend the last few minutes here explaining one path that the lakers could take and this is off the top of the head um that wouldn't hard cap them so let's say they Bring in Austin at the uh, you know twelve point four million dollars he's going to make as part of that four year fifty six million dollar deal. 
that will take whatever shape it does, whether it's a straight four-year deal or a three-plus-one type of option. Um, let's say they bring back Rui Hachimura at like $18 million. Let's say they bring back uh, D'Angelo Russell at like $20 million. Um, they bring back Lonnie Walker at the 7.8 that I talked about. They re-sign uh, Malik Beasley using bird rights and then give Dennis Schroeder the minimum uh, salary. They use their non-taxpayer um, exception, or no, their, their taxpayer mid-level exception on Mo Bamba, and they dip back in, that, they, they jump back up above the first apron and don't hard cap themselves. Um, that is a path that I haven't heard much about. It's my preferred path, again, because I am very much interested in, in getting that number of, uh, you know, the, their, their total salary number <clears throat> up as high as it can get to give themselves. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, to give themselves the best uh, chance at, you know, if you bring back, let's say you bring back Beasley at like $8 million, right? You you cut his salary basically in half from last year. Or in this case, if the point is to get your total uh, salary number up as high as possible, maybe you say you go 10 or $12 million on Malik Beasley and really jump up above that first apron. Then you can combine um, Malik Beasley's 12-ish mil you know, we'll say we'll really inflate it uh, with the five million dollars that you would be giving to Mo Bamba, and that is uh, seventeen million bucks outgoing. Plus, you add D'Angelo Russell's potential twenty, and you could bring in a thirty-ish million dollar player. Um, that that you know, again, those type of players tend to really impact things. The reason I mention all of this is Kyle Kuzma's market has really dried out, and. You know, he was thinking, we were thinking maybe Utah for him. Um, we were thinking maybe, you know, Houston or Sacramento, but those teams seem to have other plans. So the likeliest scenario here probably seems to be for Kuzma to go back to Washington with as much money that they're um, prepared to give him. And they would probably give him quite a bit of money because they have to get to the floor anyway. So um, I do kind of wonder if he signs kind of a shorter term deal with Washington that becomes tradable that the Lakers would be able to revisit at the deadline. And again, the only way that you can do this is a, you don't uh, perform any sign and trades that bring in the player, right? Um, that would hard cap you. You don't uh, use any more money than the uh, taxpayer mid-level exception. So if you keep that exception down below five and you don't touch the biannual exception, um, you would remain not hard capped. And at that point you could re-sign all your guys to slightly above value numbers that raises your total revenue up. You sign them all to, you know, shorter term deals. And that's kind of the, the, the give and take that you're giving there that would allow you to, you know, keep guys on shorter movable deals, but also pay them for taking those shorter movable deals. And you go into next year with mostly the same group. You real you, 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 actually implement the continuity that that Rob Polinka has talked about and um and again you you uh, offer yourself a little bit more margin for for error here financially speaking um so if the Lakers don't get Bruce Brown this is actually the path I would prefer to go forward I know that's a lot of math and it's a lot of like there's no chart that I can like point to or whatever my apologies there but uh 
but that is the path I would prefer personally. That is not, I have not heard that that is something that they have really focused on to this point. They've been really focused on Bruce Brown right now, but if they don't, and if they have to pivot, they can't. Whew. Everybody good? <laughs> Uh, that is going to do it here for this live edition of the lowdown. If you missed any of it, uh, and again, you can see in the comments, all of the people that I talked about. Uh, so if you missed any of it, subscribe on, on iTunes or Spotify or where, wherever it is that you get your podcast to the Lakers lounge po uh, po uh, podcast, and, uh, you will find it all there. You'll also obviously be able to go back and watch this video for, for any of that. If you really, really want to see my puffy, sleep deprived face. <laughs> uh, but yeah, until the next time you guys hear from me, which is probably going to be in a few hours to be completely honest, because, uh, this stuff is always really fast moving. Um, once this stuff gets going, I will probably do some kind of a live show to react to it live as, as it's all happening. Um, at some point I'm supposed to take my family out for pizza. So maybe you guys will see me <laughs> take, I'll, I'll record from the pizza place. How about that? Uh, from Pine House Pizza out here in Austin. So until then, and until the next time you guys hear from me, I'm Anthony Irwin, saying have a good one.